Meow. Alvin Lee at your service. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell there are no rich no more. Well, there we go. Alvin, I got news for you, buddy. The world is changing, and I'm not. Well, it might be for the good. You don't know. We're kind of on the precipice here. Good things happen on one side, and bad things happen on another. And we take the totality and see where the hell we're going. That's what we try and do here is get you out of the way of that train. So it's the uh, Tuesday edition. I think our date stamp today is Catorce, November Catorce. That's an unusual Spanish word for 14. And uh, Roger Sales. Hello. All right. Well, we got a little traffic noise there. There's maybe some interstates are falling down or bridges or whatever. If you need some help, send out a 911. They, they, they may or may not come. Uh, who knows these days? Roger Sales, your host, Radio Ranch here on. A, I think I did say it was Tuesday, and uh, just for translation purposes, it's the 14th. So uh, we're on a number of different platforms around, and the keeper of the platforms is a guy that's got a lot of relatives in uh, Arizona, one Paul Beaner. So Paul, I don't have any relatives in Arizona. Yes, you do. Well, they call them Beaners. They keep calling I'll, them Beaners. I figure they're related. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I'll I'll Those I'll let you get away beaners. with that one. Oh, those yeah. are, uh, sorry, like I was correct. Those are refried beaners. So that's probably their middle name is refried. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. We are on Eurofolkradio.com, of course, the flagship. Da, 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 da. We're uh, mirrored on radio.globalvoiceradio.net. The links to those two platforms are on exposethematrix.com. Plus a whole bunch of other links. Uh, great place. Great place to hang out. We are on 106.9 WBOU-FM Chicago. Hello, Chicagoland. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, also, Chicagoans. We are also on the WDRN network, and its affiliates include HomeNetwork.tv, FreedomNation.tv, GoLiveTV, StreamLife. We are. WDRN, awesome, out of uh, out of Colorado. Uh, those guys scream. And uh, we're also uh, periodically on Anthony Berry 8625 on TikTok and 1776ER on Rumble. So, uh, and uh, like I mentioned yesterday, 2.3 million unique hits just through the WDRN family of uh, broadcasts. Well, I guess we're doing a pretty Last good job because I don't, I don't see them lined up at the uh, at the microphone here for questions. So we must be covering the information very effectively, which is good feedback. Uh, all those TVs you got in there now, and we're strictly radio. We don't do any video, and uh, I want your ears and your mind, not your eyes. So uh, just so you can sit here and see me run my mouth, it doesn't make much sense to me. It eats up bandwidth. It uh, 
uh, distracts even subconsciously your attention. And, you know, radio is the theater of the mind. And that's where we want to be is in your little brain cells and get your synapses firing again. Yeah. Oh, boy. Many of the well, DRN, many of the DRN uh, links, um, they just show static Im- static images for the videos. Okay, well, that's good, because I'm... Okay, good. Well, hopefully they'll uh, get their ears close to the speaker and find out how to get their freedom here. Uh, Isn't it amazing? I mean, it's just amazing to me that uh, because I've spent some time out there when I was younger, um, a long time ago, uh, in the Bay Area, and without a doubt, I've never been to Vancouver, but I think Vancouver and San Francisco are probably the most scenic cities on the entire continent. And uh, San Francisco is just a, back when I went and spent some time there, just a charming place. And, uh, and of course, it's gone liberal and through. Remember Harvey Milk, Paul? Does that ring a bell to you, Harvey Milk? No, but I'm but I've never met a rice aroni I didn't love. Okay, well, somebody didn't love Harvey Milk too much. He was a faggot uh, guy on. I don't remember if he was mayor or one of their councils or something, but somebody shot him, uh, and uh, it's just been a parade of liberals through there ever since, and the all their left wing wacko crap, and it gotten so bad here lately. That, you know, people in San Francisco would literally leave their, when they park their car, they'd leave the car door either open or unlocked and the trunk open so that somebody would see there wasn't anything in there and not break in to steal something that wasn't there. Uh, it's gotten to the point where they actually wrote an app uh, which people could identify new piles of fecal matter on the street so you wouldn't step in it and you'd know where it was. Uh, and it's just gone down downhill bat fast you know people getting shot and down at the fisherman's wharf and a lovely lovely city really and uh mm-hmm. so now we've got an economic confab out there this uh, some asian pacific thing there's going to be hundreds of ceos there and g is that how you say his name g XI, whatever, whoever's running the communist bunch over there now. And uh, they spent uh, millions of dollars. All of a sudden, it's clean. Uh, they went down in the subway and, 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 and steam cleaned BART, you know, the underground uh, transit system. And they've painted murals and repainted Japantown and cleaned up. I bet you can't find a pile of fecal matter on the streets of San Francisco today. I'll bet you can't. Not in that downtown district. And uh, so anyway, here they go. They let this thing go all the way down into the pits of hell. And now all of a sudden some showcase thing comes up. Oh, we're going to clean it all up. They couldn't clean it up before. Didn't even make an effort. But now they clean it up. So more hypocrisy showing through from these uh, well, they're just demons, man. I mean, I don't know any other word for them. They're, they're murderers. They're liars, uh, uh, fraudsters. They're slavers, above all. They're just friggin' demons. And, and they've got control. I'm not, it's pretty tenuous. There's a lot of things happening. They're having to come back and, 
and lash out and lash out and continue to double down and try and think it's going to scare you into the corner and it doesn't intimidate people because people are waking up and if they knew what we knew if they knew what we knew those guys would be in big trouble buddy so hopefully we'll get there. we can get this information out though that and that's kind that's being kind yeah no they're demons but they're clean how about, demons. How about if we get all this immigration and all these migrants being being busted in, boated in, however the hell they're getting them into these countries, and there's, you know, raping all the girls and robberies and murders and all these uh, traditionally white cities like in Sweden and Norway going, going to hell in a handbasket, and no, nothing happens until they start getting out and demonstrating for Hamas. Now we're going to deport you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ah, there, your petticoat is showing, demons. So, uh, anyway, just a couple of things on my mind this morning. Uh, I listened to uh, quite a, a Harrison. Harrison yesterday had a couple of really good guests on. I don't know if anybody saw that yesterday or not. Harrison's doing a good job, you know. I remember when they fired David Knight and kind of threw him uh, there on the air and, uh, he has, he has gained a lot of polish and a lot of confidence and is getting real good at what he does there. And it's interesting to see the progress of somebody like that. And of course now he's thrown in Owen's spot. I guess Owen's supposed to have a phone conversation with, uh, uh, his attorney from Connecticut. I can't think of his name, uh, today. Uh, but anyway, he had these two guests on. One was a black guy from Minneapolis, King Bao. You ever heard of him, Paul? King Bao. I'm not sure what his name is. He goes through. Uh, he's a hell of a guy, man. I was very impressed with that guy. Uh, he and and he had him on for an hour, and then Harrison. They got along so well together, and it was such a uh, significant uh, appearance that he held him over for the second hour and took calls. And a uh, very impressive guy, King Bao, uh, big, uh, big, uh, whatever that heavyweight kickboxing thing is, uh, one of those guys, and he's a, a producer, and he makes his own music, and he is a preacher, and he, he just got all kinds of accomplishments going at a relatively young age, very sharp guy, I was very impressed. Um, then in the third hour, you familiar with V-Dare, Paul? Silence. Paul's off doing something. Where is your straight man when you need him? Uh, uh, v Dare, V Dare, uh, UFC. Is that Ultimate Fighting Championship you're talking about? Whatever. I can't get all these acronyms straight, but something like that. <laughs> whatever it is. I know okay, they had a big V-Dare. deal the other night, and Trump and uh, Tucker Carlson were both there. I think I heard. So, yeah, are you familiar with V-Dare, the website? It's been around for a long time. I've, I've seen articles from it over the years. Never really go there Kid on Rock a regular. Was there too. Yeah, Kid Rock was there, too, I guess. Uh, and uh, uh, But this V-Dare guy, they're going after him big time. Who Who's doing it? You're, uh, you're Attorney General for the state there, Paul. Uh, Letitia, baby. Letitia. Oh, really? 
the commie. Yeah, they're going okay. after them. They get they they tried. They're a you know strictly a, a, a reader supported site. This guy that runs it has got a incredible background. You should hear the list of magazines that this guy was the uh, the head editor for uh, National Review and Forbes and just a whole bunch of magazines. Pretty impressive. And uh, he bolted off and started V Dare and their. Uh, Accent at this point is on the immigration problem, and now Letitia, because unfortunately they're registered as five hundred one c three in New York, and so now. So how do you spell that? How do you spell Letitia? No, V Dare. How not? <laughs> I don't even know if I can I pronounce just... it correctly, much less spell it. <laughs> Uh, v, well, I think well, it's, it's V, V, I think it's V-D-A-R-E, isn't it? V-Dare.com, I think that's what it is. Anyway, um, Letitia, here's here's the lead up to this, pretty interesting. They would try and have conferences around the country, and these uh, commie thugs, their usual tactic is uh, they start calling the place and telling them there's going to be demonstrations or terrorist attacks or something. Or- Hello there. Good morning. Would you like to add to our story here? Hello. Um, Hello. Who's there? I don't know. He doesn't no like knock, 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 knock. Uh, so anyway, they would hold these conferences around the country, and the thugs would come in and use their usual tactics and shut down. So he found a a, a small castle out in West Virginia with a couple of extra buildings. And uh, and bought it uh, so they could just have their conferences there. Nobody had shut them down. Well, boy, Letitia, that got her panty panties in a wad, and uh, she's coming after them for you know more of her crap, whatever it is. Uh, but uh, these people are desperate, folks. They, if they were real secure, they wouldn't make actions like this. One guy on the uh, 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 on the internet, like Owen Schroyer, wouldn't threaten them like this. Uh, they're they are not secure in their position. And I think the uh, the slogan that I hear Jones come up with a lot is, uh, "If the battle was secure, the propaganda wouldn't be necessary." There's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, there, uh, oh. and that's something I've noticed over the years with these creeps is they are not in a solid position. Uh, and I can remember back uh, in the Atlanta days, one incident pops into my mind where uh, Brent would probably remember this. I think he might have still been there. We had moved our meeting spot. Uh, up to a restaurant uh, there in North Atlanta, right, really main intersection, 285 and Roswell Road, and there's a shopping center and a, a really good barbecue restaurant there. And they had a room upstairs, and so we cut a deal with them. If we'd come in and eat, we could use the meeting room upstairs, okay? And uh, uh, it's a very, very congested area right there by this, like I said, main intersection with the, the circle that goes around uh, Atlanta. And uh, so uh, on the meeting room upstairs across the little street was a shopping center. And of course, when we were there in the evenings, or the, those stores were closed. And so most of us would park right across the street in that shopping center parking lot. It wasn't a big one, but enough to hold, I don't know, 40, 50 cars probably. So uh, anyway, during the meetings, we'd take a break. 
and uh, the, those of us who uh, uh, smoked would step outside on the balcony and smoke out there. And so we're out there smoking during a break and looking over the parking lot there. And all of a sudden you start seeing flash bulbs go off. Flash, 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 flash. And evidently the ADL, which are the Southern Poverty Law Center, Sodomy, Pedophile, Larceny Center, I prefer to call them. It's much more accurate. Um, they were over there getting pictures of people's license tags. Hmm. That's how that's how secure these people are. They gotta know everybody that's plotting against them. Or, I, I mean, it's. Uh, I, and I'll, I'll mention this again. I dropped it in a while back with Brent. Paul, do you remember the? And you probably don't. Just you know, a leading question. Uh, what did the Israelis do when they kicked the British out of Israel? What was the first thing they did? You know, they seized the communications. They absolutely took over the phone system. They got to know everything. That's how secure they they got to know every little thing. Well, I'm right here on the radio, you pieces of slave and shit. And I'm telling you who you are and what you are and what you've done. Why don't you come mess with us? Why don't you come mess with us, you brave, brave Zionist fighters? Why don't you come mess with us? This this Roger. AG Latitia James Latisha Latisha pronounce it correctly. It's Miss Latisha. Oh, what oh, am, I, am I going to be accused of using an incorrect pronoun or something? It well, looks like I mean, Latitia hell, look to me. What they did. Look, look what they did when people mispronounced Kamala Harris. My God, they went apoplectic. Yeah. Oh, well, let's see. She hosts a drag story hour for children, celebration of love, joy, and family fun. Um, and that's Fox News, March yeah, ben, 19th by Lindsay over. McCormick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, Just bend um, over in the shower and pick up the soap. Oh, she's uh, she's tried trying to seize control of the Vidar Foundation and even expropriate their Berkeley Springs Castle, West Virginia headquarters. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, there's some uh, nefarious reason I, she's got about like the crap she's doing to Trump. And that's a, that's a whole circus, too, on what came out over oh, the yeah. weekend is, is that judge up there. And it, boy, these people are wackos, folks. They're wackos. Right. Well, V-Dare uh, shares the badge of honor with more prominent targets of uh NYAG James, notably Trump, but also the National Rifle Association. She uh, sues mm-hmm. to dissolve the NRA, yeah. alleging widespread right. fl- fraud. Politico uh, on August 6th reported that. Right. Project Veritas, Attorney General Warren's project, project Veritas, its fundraising licenses at risk. Uh, that's from the Washington Post. Oh, man, she's just going after everybody. Oh man, this this is this is a, a drag this is a drag queen lover on a mission. I'm just saying. Uh, you, Roger. You, yeah. Yes, sir, Samuel. Uh I just wanted to bring up uh, a fact about one of our illustrious members of the tribe, Diane Feinstein. Oh when, my god. When 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 Mos- it, there were two people killed on that day in San Francisco, it was the mayor Moscone and Harvey Milk. Now it got pinned on this this supervisor that was having mental problems by the name of Dan White. 
But a lot of people believe that the prime suspect for the shooting should have been Diane Feinstein. And she, she had supposedly had blood on her hands and reported the murders. And she wasn't said she, she was on the for a call. Wasn't she on the city council at that point? Do you remember? Yeah. Or is that in what you're? She yeah. was, wasn't she? Yeah. That was yeah. her springboard she, uh, senator, wasn't it? Yeah, she became the first woman senator in the country. Oh, and a lot God. of people believe she committed the murders. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Ecuador, Ecuador is really nice this time of year. Um, my God, what a travesty! Uh, you and and everything comes, folks. Everything comes from them first getting control of the monetary supply with the Federal Reserve Act, then bankrupting the country and switching the systems, and having this in the background to throw everybody in. Oh, I know what I wanted to mention about that V. Dare guy. Uh, and I was polishing, listening to that this morning. He comes up and he goes, "We've got to get rid of birthright citizenship." And he says, both DeSantos and Trump agree with me on that. Folks, they can't get rid of birthright citizenship. And here are these people. I'm glad the topic's coming up. It's been popping up a little over the last couple of years. But you see, without birthright citizenship, there's no feudal system. There's no property rights being bestowed. And that's amazing. You can, you can put a topic like that out that's that important, and people still, even our, all of our legal establishment, cannot see that little connection between birthright citizenship, justiera, assigning a political status determined on where you're born, and the feudal system, and make that connection. We're the only ones, folks. John Benson was the only one that saw this. I mean, others have seen it, obviously, Fuller and Harlan and Wong Kim Ark and Harlan again in, in uh, 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 that case in 1901, Downs v. Bidwell, and uh, 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 McFadden there on the House. of. Uh, some people are saying nobody's ever gone against the Federal Reserve. McFadden still has impeachment charges against the Federal Reserve. They've never been acted on in 90 years. But he's the one that came out in one of his speeches and said they're erecting a Machiavellian feudal system. Bam! That's what it is right there. But those are the only three people I've ever found that saw it. The only, yeah, three people. Roger? Yes, it's Murr. Hey, Murr. Hey. How are the chickens? <laughs> yeah, all right. I have them in the other room, so. Uh, yeah, Feinstein uh, became the first uh, female mayor right after that. Oh, did she? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, listen, it's sad. San Francisco <laughs> is a B. Have you ever been to San Francisco, Mer? Uh, no. A stunningly beautiful city. I mean, just stunning. It's stunning. Yeah. And it's just the movies like Hitchcock's, right? Oh. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I spent a month out there in, in the late 60s, uh, and then I was out there one or two other times. But uh, it was a, a lovely, lovely city. It's just so sad. Yes. I was going to say, her, remember her maiden, right. maiden let, name Let Mer finish. Yeah. Remember her Gold. maiden name is Goldman. Okay. I, I could give a crap. I'm glad she's gone. And then somewhere in hell is where the hell I'm sure she is. Mike, what do you got? 
Uh, when I got out of the Navy, when I went to the MIP station, they let me out at the Treasure Island in San Francisco. When I was there in 91, it was absolutely beautiful. You could walk from the, bay, from the bay all the way to Fisherman's Wharf and not be molested. Right. Yeah. Go down there and get some of that good sourdough bread down at the wharf and, and all that good crab and all that stuff. It's just a shame that they... Uh, yeah, they got know, a nice again, uh, medieval uh, wax uh, torture museum up there. It was pretty good. Oh, good. Maybe they can. Maybe we can put Gavin Newsom in there. That'd be a nice place for him to reside. We can put it um, to use. Yeah. California. So it... Pedos. Pretty sad. Pretty sad. What's going on? How big of a mess is it in L.A. today with that tin catastrophe? I'll bet those people are going berserko, having to find ways around that and the traffic backups and alternate routes. That's got to be a nightmare. Did anybody, any of you Southern California, heard any reports on that this morning in Morning Drive? Boy, isn't it nice huh? that the uh, roosters come home uh, for the Bidens, for their the granddaughter to be uh, the vehicle, they, the you know the the Secret Service to be attacked, their vehicles be tried to be um, hijacked, carjacked by uh, three thugs in uh, D.C. Well, I hadn't heard about this. Well, tell us about it, Tom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, three uh, three thugs at eleven fifty, like real late at night, almost midnight which was Sunday night, and it was the the um, protection service for Biden's granddaughter. Uh, three thugs tried to bust a window on a um, Secret Service vehicle and, I guess, tried to carjack it or whatever, and one of them opened fire on them. Uh, I don't know. You know, they haven't said exactly why. They may not ever, but, boy, isn't it nice for it to come home to roost for them. Now they know uh, what the rest yeah, of us yeah. are putting up that don't have a Secret Service yeah. protection. You got to admit, it is uh, it is some justice, okay? And, uh, of course, now don't forget, Biden's granddaughter gets Secret Service protection, but Robert Kennedy Jr. doesn't. Yeah. You know, I was um, I was at the uh, VA emergency room yesterday, and a guy had a I'm sorry. That, no, no, I just um, – uh, some testing and stuff that get done. Um the uh, but a guy had a shirt on that said, "I don't know, I don't was it, I don't know who I am, or I don't know what I am, or something like that." I said, "Oh, you stole Biden's shirt? What? The, you know, you're going to get arrested." <laughs> <laughs> and then one guy had a shirt, one guy had a shirt on a T-shirt that says, um, um, "Biden's an idiot." Oh yeah, B- Joe Biden is an idiot, and and I was surprised to see that in there because they're really politically correct at the VA. I mean, they're all pain the butt. You know, yeah, my wife saw it, and because uh, she's a vet too, and uh, um, <laughs> it was just hilarious. And the guy just cracked up uh, laughing. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad nobody got hurt uh, besides the thugs. Um, but you know what? That's that's just um, just just as you said, justice um, coming home for these people that think you know they're they're immune to the crap that we have to go through. Do you ever think about these people and what we're seeing here in our day-to-day lives as this thing unfolds and go back to the Bible and look at the things that they were doing and the things Jesus called them and all? I mean, it's the same damn folks doing the same damn thing. I mean, you know, oh, you, you've always got to have the, the fine. Let me ask you this, uh, Tom. 
Do you know that the Jews contract with the rabbis for what seat they're going to have in the uh, synagogue? Do you know that? No, I, I knew about the stuff with the uh, with the food, you know. Um, um, kosher tax. You yeah, know, they charge that. people for, yeah, the kosher tax and crap like that. I mean, give me a break, mm-hmm. you know, but no, I didn't well, know Well, you know, if you go right. back... If you well, if you go back and, and and remember, Jesus said you always you're whitewashed sepulchers, and you always want to find a seat in the synagogue. Okay, well, why did they? Why do they want to find a seat in the synagogue? Okay, and it turns out this was a case out of Miami. It went to. Well, it went to the, uh, this case uh, was in Miami. It originated in the district court down there, and it ended up in the 11th Circuit when I was in Atlanta. And uh, the uh, the uh, urinating match was between the rabbi and uh, a couple in the congregation. And it turns out, and it came out of this court case, they actually contract with the rabbi. Everybody in the congregation contracts with the rabbi on an annual basis and determines how much they're going to contract and pay him and determined by how much they pay him he assigns them seats in the synagogue so that in the two holy days Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah in the fall that's the only thing that most of them care about anyway oh we got great great seats for the for the uh, holidays okay holy days and so um, that is and now they changed do you, do you know about the Kol Nidre oath Tom Mm, no, I don't think so. I think well, man, we got we got a bunch of educating to do with you, son. The Col Nidre of K O L N. God, just I hold on. Raised Roman. I was raised Roman Catholic, okay, well, and uh, I got well, you tried need, to brainwash okay. me, and it didn't work. <laughs> well, so, you you know, I don't believe in a you're lot a, of this hocus pocus. You're a you're a reforming you're a reformed Catholic, are you? Okay. So anyway, on this well, Col Nidre oath, this is ancient for these guys. Okay, and it's very important. All right, it's it's two words: K O L N I D R E. I believe is the way it's spelled. If it's if that's incorrect, I know Merle will correct me since she's here with us today. Um, but uh, this is an oath that they take on, I think it's Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year, I believe, and Yom Kippur is what they call the Day of Atonement. Okay, And those are usually right within a couple of weeks of each other in the fall. We just got them past us here recently. And uh, so the Kol Nidre Oath is an ancient oath in this uh band of derelicts and it was before they'd go in there and they would ask for atonement or forgiveness for all the lying cheating and stealing they'd done in the previous year previous year atoning day of atonement somewhere around sabotage v's time 1666 somewhere in his reign i believe it was in that time frame and i don't know the specifics on it but they switched it tom they switched it from the previous year to the upcoming year so now they all get together and they fight to, and and bargain with the rabbi to get that great seed in the synagogue for these really two important key days in the Jewish calendar so they can say an oath, basically giving them license to lie, cheat, and steal and whatever else for the upcoming year. So they get a get-out-of-jail-free card ahead of time. All right? that's That's what that is. 
All right. And they actually contract with the rabbis so that they can sit in the best seats. And as I've thought about it over the years, it's like, well, let's say the big synagogue in uh, London. Well, you can bet your bippy that the Rothschilds have the best seats in the synagogue, right? Would you say that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I always thought it was better to ask forgiveness than to uh, get ask, or to beg well, forgiveness yeah, that, than ask permission. Well, well, that's because you're not Jewish. So, uh, so uh, with the Rothschilds in the best seat, then all the other big London Jews in the city of London, they're going, oh, man, if we can lie, cheat, and steal more than next year than they can, we can get those seats. So it's an internal incentive for them to take and get this upcoming year get-out-of-jail-free card and just run rampant with it. And some those are some of the things that are going behind the scenes. Now, there it goes back to the New Testament. Jesus, you always want the finest seat in the synagogues. And they always want us to walk around with, oh, we're in this position. I'm the secretary of this or the this of that. And, don't, and that's why they can't stand you laughing at them. They can't stand to be laughed at. Have you ever noticed that? Ridiculed? They can't uh, stand it. I haven't been. I try not to. You know, I'm not around them that much. You know, I mean, there's. A, I haven't met any down here. So well. Um, and living in Philly, there was quite a few, but they were kind of. You know, they oh, kind of yeah. stuck to their own area of the city, in, in, but, um, including Netanyahu. Netanyahu was probably living there when you were uh, living in Philly. That's where he was raised. Yeah, I think so. the few. A few friends of mine that are Jewish. I mean, I have one in Philly, and you know, I'm, I'm I've never seen him practice anything, you know. Um, and the two that I know in Brooklyn, they're you know they're really religious because I can't call them on Saturday and certain things like that. Yeah. But you know, I have to right. wait till Sunday to meet him at the casino, you know. Right at the casino. Well, and and I don't want to besmirch all the Jewish folks out there. There's some very nice Jewish folks in the world, okay? And a lot of oh, them do absolutely. not adhere yeah, to this Zionism thing. I would do anything and I, I don't. For them. Well, me too. I mean, I was in, I was in and around the record business for 20 years. Hell, I was always around Jews. They're as thick there as they are in Hollywood, okay? And as influential too, I might add. But uh, uh, and I don't mean to broad brush the Jewish people. There's a lot of fine Jewish people that are just as much against this as we are it's this small group of these sabbatean francists that are causing all of this trouble there's not many of them i heard roseanne barr herself jewish on alex saying there's only about six thousand of them we need to take them out of the gene pool that came from a jew okay <laughs> yeah, so no. have you ever you said you anyway music business. you ever heard of scorpio music Nah, I'm not not really that it rings a bell with me. That, that was, was a long that time was a, that ago. That was a Jewish was, friend of mine who started bootlegging uh, records when he was young and then somehow got involved with the mob in uh, up in the Philadelphia Camden area years and years right. ago. And then um, the FBI was trying to bust him, and instead he was, he was surveilling the FBI, surrounding them. They pulled into the parking lot, and like six of his guys would cir- encircle them with vehicles. <laughs> They'd run off like scared rabbits. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah, I had some wild days in the record business. This was back in the 70s when I was active in uh, the heyday of the music industry, really. But uh, I was yeah. young and foolish anyway, and did a lot of real, I did a lot of real, that's okay, I was going to say uh, confession time here. I was young and foolish and did a lot of real stupid stuff. 
that I look back or on and still all. regret all the all these years later. Yes, the fact of the matter is we all were that way. It's part of the game here on earth of growing and becoming aware of yourself, your world, the things that are important around you and the things that are important to you. And it's unfortunately it's just a, a growth thing. Um, you know, the old saying, of course, yeah, everybody's listen, heard I this. Gotta, if I want to ask you a question since you're into that. All right. I well, had a friend. All right. Well, let me get my friend. Can I get my, All right. Go ahead. No, no. What do you got to do? I was going to lay out my Winston Churchill quote. Everybody's heard it. It's redundant to some extent. But if you're not a liberal when you're 25, you don't have a heart. And if you don't, are not a conservative when you're 40, you don't have a brain. Oh. No, I don't think I heard that one. You've never heard that? No. Yeah, that's an old Churchill. That's I don't a Churchill think so. quote. No. Very, very damned yeah, accurate, no. I'll tell you. I grew up in a little town in Westchester County, New York. I had a really protected life, you know. Um, and you know, my wife, having been a uh, Air Force brat, had traveled all over. She'd lived in Washington D.C. and all over the place where things were very, very bad. And, you know, I had a really secluded, protected, you know, childhood until I was about 15 when I moved to Florida and um, and then had one hell of a uh, rude awakening on, on what, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, it was rough. But um, I was going to ask you about it. I had a friend of mine that used to meditate, and he actually used to use um, the stuff that Dennis would do to put you kind of into a trance. And he, and he always said something about that he was trying to he was trying to figure out a way that when he died he could come back and still remember everything that he all the lessons he had learned in this life. And I always thought he was a little off his rocker. And uh, but did, have you ever heard anything like that? Well, that's reincarnation stuff. Uh, yeah, I've heard about it. Don't yeah, but when you're reincarnated, you don't remember, right? You don't remember, and, and there's something about that he was trying to get around that there was a way to do it or something, you know, I don't know where he learned it or anything like that, but he was pretty damn well, well into it. And, you know, um, let me bring up something that parallels what you're talking about. That's always been provocative to me. Okay. And my, my last wife's brother, who was a faggot was one of these people. Okay. And when he was three and four years old and could get up on a piano stool, he was a virtuoso a piano, a piano before he could ever reach the pedals, okay? And, you know, there's people like that. You've seen these young kids that are just, even even the people that have played whatever an instrument is their whole life can't do what this kid can do at six, seven years old, all right? I'm sure some of you have seen those. There's examples of it around the world you see occasionally. And I heard somebody say about that one time that I thought was, like I said, provocative, okay, that they've been here before. Yeah. You, and, uh, noodle yeah, on know, that. I'm noodle on that one. Noodle, noodle on that for a while. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that that's yeah, a, I know. I one mean, of the yeah. – well, an example of what you're talking about that could be a possibility. I've never dwelled on it too much, uh, uh, actually. But uh, anyway, well, let's see. We've uh, bantered around here for 45 minutes without even asking if there's any new students or anything important to bring up. Or we uh, haven't well, found out about do that, Merca. Let me remind you, you have a. Sh we're doing a show today. So uh, next Tuesday. To, oh, today. No, this 
today, Tuesday. I, 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 I thought it was next week. Well, it looks like we're going to have electricity today, so I guess we're on, um, un, unless they do it this afternoon. Okay, here's uh, yeah, you know, look, I don't, I'm not plugged into the local stuff. I don't know what's happening. We had started out with three days of four to six, no electricity. Then we had a big holiday and a four-day weekend, and we came back uh, last week, and we did Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I don't remember Thursday or not, but with eight to ten in the morning. And so yesterday, eight to ten in the morning as we start off this week, and we didn't get it cut off this morning. So I don't know. If I can't show up, it's because we don't have electricity. Okay. Other than that, I'm all right. I'm in the fan, yeah. That's fine. I got to do the first half hour with um, Ron Wiskin for the Extendivite commercial guy, and then yeah. we're going to have an hour and a half. Okay? All right. Now, what time What time is that? So we're gonna, time, Eastern? It's going to be uh, your Eastern time, so it's going to be uh, 6.30 to 8. Oh, okay. 6.30 to 8. Pretty good. All right. We ought to be able to handle that. I don't think yeah. the electricity gonna, will be we off were at that time. Discuss, we were going dis- yeah, to discuss what the, well, at least we thought we were going to discuss about the uh, the, the uh, Second Amendment, you know, the, the rush that they're putting on to take away people's ra- uh, right to have weapons, and we were going to roll that into the U.S. National. All right. Well, we can do all that. I don't have any problem. Pretty spontaneous at this point. I've got control of the information, so we can go whatever direction you want to go on. And while we're talking about appearances, that's today over on RBN. If you want to listen to that, 630 to 8 ought to be my slot there in the evening. Thursday, I'll be on uh, a Patriot Soapbox again with Dan right after our show on Thursday. And those have been pretty productive appearances over there. So it ought to be good. I don't know what he wants to talk about. Well, there's Joe, and we're going to hear from him. Hey, Joe, good morning. Just a quick comment, and I stand to be corrected on this, but the gentleman said certain time, Eastern time. Aren't you on Central time? Not now. Yeah, but I sometimes I tend to give it on P. Not now. On Eastern time. Everybody... Okay. Well, I'm, no. I'm just trying to save confusion. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, uh, you know, Joe, what you've touched on is a big point of confusion for me. I've been out of the country 15 years now, and I, I've never lived in a country that changed times. Argentina didn't. Or Ecuador doesn't. So I've got to adjust. So for the rest of the year we just finished, I'm on Central Time. But when this time changes, I'm on Eastern Time now. And I've got a reference in my mind that way because I don't want to change clocks and all that kind of crap. Okay? So that's kind of what's going on there. Oh, I, I didn't know that. In. I didn't know. I got, got caught in. Oh, oh my! Yeah. Hey, let me tell you. I'll tell you a story because we're in that kind of a mode today. Uh, I, I was in Argentina. I had a real uh, scare, uh, and, and I, I, I had to go to Uruguay to go check on my safety deposit box over there. And uh, I won't go into the whole situation. And so uh, I'm, I'm friends with a Chinese guy from a Canadian Chinese guy who's a retired attorney. And I'm down there with him, and he goes, if, if I was your attorney, I'd tell you to get your ass over there tonight. So it was late, maybe mid-afternoon. So we checked the schedule on the bus real quick, the Buki bus, which is the boat. Uh, it's a big, huge catamaran, man. It's fantastic. The thing goes seven, 70 knots. 
with with hundreds of people on it and cars and stuff. And it runs from Argentina over to Montevideo, right into the harbor. And so I thought, well, uh, we look at the schedule and it goes, well, you can leave here and get over there. I knew where I needed to go. It shouldn't take too long. And I had time to catch the return bus, the boat back, and I could get over there in one trip, right? So I get over there and I go over where I have to go and get delayed coming back and and when we get to the place where the boat is everything's locked up and the lights are all off and i'm going oh crap i didn't have a toothbrush i didn't have nothing and so it turns out that uruguay recognizes the time change argentina doesn't and the boat had left an hour and something earlier so uh, I've had a couple of pretty oh, interesting experiences. Terrible. Oh man, you! I was I was fit to be tied. Okay, I mean I was hot, buddy. Uh, so it's an interesting story. I could go into it. I won't give you all the details. Kind of funny, but uh, it was one of these time change things. So I've become acutely aware of it over the years, and the easiest way for me to deal with it is in the other part of the year I'm on Central Time, and this time of the year I'm on Eastern Time. So that because Ecuador doesn't change, man. I mean, nothing's changed here. It's just I've got to change because of this time change thing. So uh, anyway, get all that cleared up because I'm so, dying. So are we to... okay? What, so so you're going to be you, you're you were on Eastern Time for the for reference point, right? You're using Eastern well till till the spring, till March, whenever we change back. Okay. But the California though, folks love it. Doesn't. Right. Uh, the California folks love it because they get an extra hour of sleep, you know, when we're on the other time, they have to get up early. So uh, speaking of getting up early and getting extra beauty sleep, Mirka, I want to know how your field trip was with Mina to the law library yesterday. Did you end up going? We Yeah, we, we ended up going. It's Mika, M-I-K-A. Oh, Mika, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's okay. Um, just wanted to let you know, it's completely different from my experience. Um, you know, the pandemic changed everything. Um, we went in there. Uh, you know, the, the, the courthouse is nice. You know, it's pretty. You know, it's always, you know, always nice to see that area. Um, but we walked in to the law library and... It was all moved around and changed and separated. Um, the people that helped you are in little cubicles behind um, plastic um, windows. And um, the law idiots. library, yeah, the law library is separated by another room. And it just looked all squished. I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, well, let me go see what I could find. And, you know, it was kind of nice to be in there, but sad to see what happened. Um, it, uh, I asked about, you know, because I needed help finding the things. They weren't in the same area when, you know, when I first went in there, it was a wide open space. And there was a big uh -huh. wall of windows that people would sit by and study and research and it was nothing like that here. Um, we still had the windows, but the windows were covered by shelves. And, oh my god! You know, some table. Yeah, it was. It was not a good. You know, it was not the experience. So, in other words, the 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 communists have got control of the law library. Well, that's they, unfortunate. Did you? Yeah. Did 
It, Did you find the things inviting. you were looking for? Did you um, go and looking, find words and phrases? I went looking for the organic constitution and the other books. Um, I thought the guy said that they didn't have those there. Um, but I did find the new constitution there, um, which was a little mm -hmm. disappointing. Um, well, you know where the I old did, one. You know where the old one is. He doesn't know, obviously. They're probably you know behind where? the cubicles somewhere. They're on, on the first, the first the volume of the statutes at large. When you open the first page, well, no, the cover. I asked, I asked for all that, um, and they said that they, it wasn't available. The, the statutes at large are not available. That's not a well, good they sign. Had, yeah, they have. Um, they have a lot of books there, but they're all from other um, people. It's not the organic ones. And I, I searched and searched, and I couldn't find them. I'm going to go back again and look again. But okay, did you um, ask them if they were a federal? Uh, did you ask them if they were a federal depository? I'll I bet they're not. And they're not. Yeah, I asked yeah. them. Um, yeah, that was disappointing. So then. Uh, I went looking for words and phrases, and the books were there, but words and phrases wasn't. So oh. I didn't get that. Okay. Um, hold it. They I don't was, have word. Hold it, Mur Murka. They, they don't they have a did. copy of words, but they don't know where they, they are. They, got they don't have it there. He oh, that's gave the me most the, absurd the crap I've ever heard. They, they, um, I got the number for the section he even showed me where they were and i looked for the book and it wasn't there it was everything else but that the well, there was books okay. there yeah um and then i went uh you know i did find the one of the best things that i thought was um that you shared that i didn't know about the what is it called? I keep forgetting the name of it. Juris, corpus Corpus yes. Juris Secundum. Juris uh, Corpus Juris Secundum. Those books are awesome. I looked. I was looking for. Um, it was kind of hard because I didn't wasn't really sure, you know, how to look at it. But then once I figured it out, I was like, wow. I got a picture of jurisdiction. I'm going to go back and look for, because um, I couldn't find the um, protection one, but I did have the information to find it. And um, I didn't find allegiance. So I did get jurisdiction. That one has really good data on it. I took pictures of it. And, and that's from Corpus um, Juris? That you got it? That's yes. from Corpus Juris? Okay. Yes. I love those books. I wish I had those books. Um, yeah. Hey, Mirka. That's a good experience for me. Um, Mika got to see, uh, one second, Mike. Um, Mika got to see the old dictionaries and she was kind of into, you know, looking through those. Um, the big Webster dictionary was fun to look at because it has pictures. Was it, was that, was that, was that an 1828 Webster's? Uh, I took a picture of it. Let me see. I don't remember. I have to look at the pictures. There's got to um, be way he wrote those. Oh, okay. Mike, yeah, what do you got to like, add there? It's all. I was tell Merca, if you want to look for allegiance for attorneys, look at Juris uh, Corpus Juris Secundum, Volume 7, Section 76. Okay. And that tells you attorneys, their first duty is to the court. Yep. Tells you Officers right there. of the court. Yep. Yep. 
Their second duty is to the client, but their first duty is to the court. Volume 7, What and what else, Mike? 76. Yes, it's Corpus Juris Secundum, Volume 7, Section 76. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you might get thrown in in up there in Oakdale for two months for saying seventeen seventy six, Mike. But but there's oh. also probably more information on allegiance other than that. So uh, oh my god, yeah. Well, I think if we can get somebody that can get a hold of words and phrases, I think that's going to be the bonanza for what we're looking for. And I'm shocked that they didn't have words and phrases in there. Yeah, I'm going to okay. go back um, later this week and see if I uh, can find. How um, far? How, how how far away from LA are you? Uh, an hour. Okay. The, the, I don't mind Nastasha's, going there. Well, Nastasha's like got. She's got one of the main federal depositories in the country, right in her backyard. She's about a block yeah. away from it, I think. So you might yeah. reach out, and if you've got the time and, and want to do that, that might be yeah. the place you want to go and spend some time because that uh, will have everything. Yeah, I have to go see. Uh, nice. Um, I did talk to her a little bit yesterday um, on Telegram, and uh, she said that nothing's changed there. So that'll be good to yeah. see. You know, it's a, pretty a real interesting. So where put together. where was that? What little area are you in there in Southern California? In, uh, where they did this? Vin- it's Ventura County. Vin- oh, Ventura County. Ventura okay. County is like between Santa Barbara and Thousand Oaks. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for the report. I hope Mika got a good exposure. That's real good training for her to, to be dragging her along to places like that and getting that exposure into her mind, like your father did with you, I guess, what you said yesterday, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we and were there when I was younger, seed. and then I went back when I was, at, um, I think it was in early 90s, late 80s, uh-huh. when I was uh-huh. back in there. Yeah. They're fascinating spots. I would, again, and I haven't been in numerous ones. I've been in a few law libraries. But for you folks in the Atlanta area, go to the 11th Circuit. The 11th Circuit is stunning. It's an old, it's the old post office, the original post office building in Atlanta. They converted over to the 11th Circuit. And you walk in, and the law library is at ground, a, a level below. Okay. And there's a whole balcony that goes around this big open space, and that's the law library down there. And it, it's just a lovely place. So, anyway, good place to hang out sometimes in the law the- library if you've never been there. The books are I'm fun. sure most Roger, of you haven't. Yeah. Well, you those, find some those, very interesting those, um, things there. Yeah, those are my new favorite um, books to look at now. Um, with, that has Juris. to do with law. Yeah. Yeah, Corpus Juris. That may be online. They have you might really, can find that online, actually. Yeah, they have really good data um, we could all use. Yep. That's uh, about so, 25,000 uh, for all volumes. It's what, Paul? About twenty-five grand about, for the whole set. Yeah, it's about twenty-five grand for the whole set. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you another group of books. Another group of books you might want to at least peruse a little bit and show to Mika, Merka, 
boy, that's a tongue twister, is um, the Oxford English Dictionary. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, uh, yeah I've looked at it. I'll, I'll look at it again. Um, show it to her. Uh, oh, okay. Well, there we're, I think we're dumping out of Chicago. I hope you guys live through the first part of the show here today. Uh, yeah, Oxford English Dictionary is fascinating, folks. And uh, the reason is because it goes over the etymology of every word. And you go to the word and then go and see it lists where it was used, what the publication was, what the year was, the next time it was used, and they go through the whole history of that word. It's a fascinating dictionary. And by, before we end, in, in the old days under terrorism, the first definition of terrorism in the Oxford English Dictionary was intimidation by government, as in the French Revolution. There we go. They've changed and that's it. it. It's not number one. Edmund for Chicago is not number one anymore. They switched it. Go ahead, Paul. WBOU 106.9 FM Chicago. We'll see you right back here. Tomorrow, uh, catch the rest of the show on ExposeTheMatrix.com. You can find the links to EurofolkRadio.com and Radio.GlobalVoiceRadio.net right there. Thanks yep. for being here. Yep, yep. Come join us and hear more exciting stories. Uh, okay, where Ro- else? Can we Roger, got any new students? Yes, Marco. Yes. For the Corpus Juris Cumdum books. Oh, oh, hold on, right after Marco. There's another female right um, after Merca. Go ahead. Got to start again. I'm, I've lost my um, context. Sorry. Um, for the Corpus Juris Secundum books, how are they separated? Because I wanted to get the books that uh, have allegiance, the protection, jurisdiction, and I, there's I, like a few other I ones a, I'm looking for. I haven't looked at one in over 15 years, so I don't know that I can answer your question. I think it's all alphabetical, isn't it? I'm thinking, yeah. So um, I wanted to see if I can find that online. If not, uh, maybe somewhere. Another, 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 yeah, another field trip to the library. Uh, There was another female trying to ask something there. Who was that? Hi, Roger. It's Marilyn from Kentucky. Oh, hey, Marilyn. How are we doing? I'm doing really good. So anyway. Okay, that um, sounds op- that's optimistic. Yeah, my CCDW was reinstated. Oh, was it now? Yeah. Did we, uh, did we have an appeal or was it just the paperwork exchange and they finally re- realized they're stupid? Well, basically, um, just going through the whole process, I, I started this whole thing um, about a year ago, right? And I hadn't yeah. sent off the local um, affidavits until about uh, three months ago. And the police department right. came back with the revocation notice. And the, the right. bottom line, of course, is they wanted me to confirm that I'm not prohibited from the purchase, receipt, or possession of firearms and ammunition. That's what they came back on. And um, so they, um, I was supposed to get a hold of the FBI, which I did, and they said they don't have anything to do with this local stuff. So then I contacted the police department with that letter, and then they came back to me, and then it was a, a, a major letter. The first time it was like a postcard when they first sent this to right. me. So the letter right. came back the second time, 
And again, they said you have to get a hold of the FBI in regards to the CCW, and or not the CCW, the um, the NCIS, which is the Instant Checks National Right. Yeah, for firearms. National right? Crime. In, yep. And so I did it again, and I and they came back from the FBI stating that they had no record of an NCIS done um, at the state at the federal or local level. So. I called the police department in Frankfurt and at the specific number that I was told on the letter to call. And this was last Wednesday in the afternoon. And so anyway, I told them what was going on and I explained very briefly who I was as a national. And he came back, he said, well, let me check things. And he went away from the phone for just, you know, maybe a minute, came back. And he said, well, all you need to do is just make a statement and have it notarized, and we'll take care of it. And I said, oh, okay. So I went ahead and did an affidavit Friday morning or Thursday morning, I guess it was, Thursday morning. I had it um, notarized, brought it home, wrote an email, and I emailed it off to his special email address. He gave me his personal email address at the office where he was working out of. Do you know, in seven minutes, I got a letter back, emailed back to me, stating that not nothing, hello, um, dear Marilyn, nothing, just your CCDW has been reinstated. Um, you will be notified when it's available at your local sheriff's department. And that was it. So I haven't did, gotten anything did, in the mail yet so far, did, but it took you, seven did, minutes. Did, did you write them back and tell them you don't need no stinking license? I wrote back because, well, uh, Mark said I should write back and just say thank you to him for doing the work and da-da-da. I think it's so well, they realize Mike, that I'm not trying to cause trouble per se, but right, right. They were, it was quick. He went, came back really quick, and he was so nice. The conversation, I mean, it was like I think they knew they messed up. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, they got to somebody in the legal department that went, whoa, Nelly. Yeah, I wonder if the FBI had said something to them, and they were just waiting for me to get back to them. Okay, now here's, here, you want to you wanna pursue this, or you want to drop it and go on about your life? I, you know, I it angers me that I went through what I went through and had to get Mark involved, right. you involved, and everything. It was right. a great learning experience for me. But there's a lot of stuff that's going on now, and I think my biggest thing is is uh, we have this group. It's called uh, MAFA. It's Make America Free Again. And I've met a lot of really good people. They started out with the medical tyranny. That's what they were standing on. But it's in several states now. And like I said, I've met some really good people, and um, I was they were talking to me about maybe speaking about this at the MAFA group, but now I have run into people that are close to me, a couple just in the last couple of days, that said, oh, Marilyn, you better watch it now. They're going to be watching you. You better be careful. I'm really worried about you. They don't even know what's going on. So I just talked to my no. friend who's in this group, and she said, she agreed with me. I want to get to, together with a few people that I know are not thinking like that. They want to know more and have a roundtable discussion 
with me having you know bullet points and being able to talk to them. I've got people that are following me now, but there's some that are like, oh no 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 no, you know. They're, oh yeah, you know, well you're all, yeah you're going to have those. Look, yeah, you know, I can go in here with these people and go, look, what you are is your choice. If not, you know, go through the whole nine yards. Oh, no, I'm so scared. And we hear it here all the time. Somebody like you goes through this. You know, okay, well, good luck. We're going to sit back and watch what happens to you. So when somebody yep. says that to you, because it sounds like you're going to get into that arena, you go, your, your response to that is, okay, well, that's fine. How long are you going to wait? Hmm. Roger, I wonder if Marilyn can do anything with um, AG with that and make sure that well, he's aware and people, I mean, they don't they don't mess with the Nationals where she's at. Oh, here, you know? was, here was my thought, you know, politics being local and stuff, is now that that's behind you, you should, you know, just a thought for you, Marilyn, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, contact those people back and go, you're about to start seeing a whole lot of more of these people. Would you like to understand what's going on here? And I I make this standing invitation. If any of you get your sheriff or your police and they want to know what's going on, I will give them and their deputies a total course for no charge if they're interested. But you need to open the door. That would be chief of police, right? I'm yeah, I think it was the police. The Yep, that's good. That's good, right. Marilyn. If you if you if you make any progress and you need my assistance, I'll do the heavy lifting for you. If with okay. your little group when you get together, one thing that John Casarab was very successful at has generated a number of our Southern California people that are with us here is taking the Deanna Spingola uh, interview. Getting, getting it on your cell phone with a couple of speakers or in a place where you can sp uh, play it and play that for them and hand out the two, uh, the uh, How to Escape the Matrix uh, copies that we've got on the website there that we wrote a couple of years ago and let Deanna and that interview do your talking for you, okay? Because I, I know I did that, that right. Okay. I, I so that's that just an idea of... Okay, well, John Casarab was real successful at that and still doing it out there occasionally. Abram, you had something to add? Yeah, I was going to uh, suggest maybe contacting them, you know, re responding to their email and saying, and asking them, you know, a question saying, uh, can you provide any documentation that shows that I need a, a concealed carry? Because then it puts the onus on them and, uh, you know, you leave the ball in their court and they're not going to be able to come back well, with something. So. You know, well, if you're the uh, one that in, left the last question, and they ever and they ever come back and 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 try this again, you say, "Hey, I asked you, you guys didn't respond." You know, you, you, so presumably you there's nothing you there. You, right. you defaulted. I, here's a here's an yeah, important have, point. You don't Marilyn. have to prove that you, you need it. They have, you don't have to prove you don't need it. They got to prove you do need it. You don't have exactly. to even have a damn license. You can open carry, and they can't do anything to you. Right. I, I that. Uh, yeah, I, I realized okay. that, and I did explain to him how a person has to expatriate. I went through that briefly, but he knew I knew what I was talking about. And right. at that point is when he said, just send a paper just with it notarized, just stating your, your side of the story, 
and we'll take care of it. And that's why as soon as I sent off this brief thing that explained it again, what I had said, man, seven minutes, I had an email back. I couldn't believe how fast you got back to me. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? And what yes, did, Marilyn, what did you right, hold on. to hear? Just wanted to hear Go Marilyn's ahead, email. I wanted to hear what, uh, yeah. what they said to her. What to her? What, what they said to her? What they said back to me? No, the one you sent to them that they, telling your side of the story that they responded back to you so quickly. Okay. I think so. She's asking. Uh, let's see. Um, it, what I wrote was, "Dear Officer Shane," that was his name. Per your art, telephone conversation on November eighth, two thousand twenty-three, regarding the restoration of my CCDW license, attached is my affidavit explaining that I did not renounce my citizenship. Thank you very much for your assistance in this matter. I greatly appreciate it. And um, then I sent the affidavit, which gosh, I don't know if I have a copy of it right here. Or I do. I thought it was pretty good what I wrote. Um, hold on just I was think- a minute. I was thinking um, yeah. If, yeah. if she got confirmation from them, Roger, that's a good um, oh yeah. Well, they her. they can't they can't do anything else. That's what our people right. can't understand. Yeah, and and I have that. He's, um, all it said was no name, no nothing to me. It just said your license has been reinstated. It will be printed, and a new copy of the license will be mailed to the sheriff's office in your county of residence in Kentucky. You will receive a reinstatement notice in the mail to pick up the license. Oh, and you, I can read what I wrote on my affidavit. If you want me to read that. Yeah, why don't you just, why don't you just do that? It's brief, right? Oh, yeah, it's not that long. It's just, I just wrote at the top, affidavit declaring my political status. I, Marilyn Lee Hudson, declare the following. My letter to the Kentucky State Police on September 14, 2023, was misinterpreted to say that I gave up my U.S. citizenship. The intent was to change my political status of my citizenship from being under the 14th Amendment, which protects my civil rights, to national status, which protects my constitutional rights guaranteed under the Bill of oh, Rights. Oh, oh. I, okay, I would. I, I, okay, go ahead. I would rephrase that, but go ahead. Okay, I did not expatriate or in any way lose my citizenship, requiring a lengthy legal process carried out in person. There are only three ways to lose or give up your U.S. citizenship. And I put number one, expatriate. Number two, go before the State Department in person, signing an affidavit. Or number three, participate in foreign election or join a foreign army. I have done none of these things which would relinquish my U.S. citizenship. As proof of that, I was recently issued a pass by U.S. passport 8-30-2023. And I sent it to Mark, and he said it sounded great. Super. I, I would have just said instead of constitutional rights, constitutional protections. Because that oh, okay. gets confused hey, with civil rights. Now, hold on. Let me just ask Marilyn a question. How much have you learned in the last month, Marilyn? Oh, a whole lot. That's why I said it was good for me. <laughs> you know the information pretty well now, don't you? Yeah. You can stand up and defend it with anybody, can't you? Hold on. You can stand up and defend it with anybody, can't you? Yep. You've got a lot more self-confidence, don't you? Oh, yeah, and I've got a file. I mean, I've got everything in here. It may take me a minute to look for it, but I have everything here. No. 
So, so this goes back to any new people listening. Learn the damn information. Your information is in the freedom. Uh, your freedom's in the knowing the information and being able to confront issues like this where you get confronted with people that don't know what the hell they're talking about, which is pretty obvious up in Frankfort, Kentucky at the police department, and getting it straightened out with just a few exchanges of emails and paperwork. You didn't have to go to your appeal, did you? No, and I got to write to my senator, my local senator, who is well-known, and he may have even contacted him. I'm not sure because he knows stuff. And I told him, and he said he was very happy, and it worked out fine, and that was it. So, yeah, I've there's a few people that have found out about this because of this that are, yep. you know, I'm glad. Awesome, yep. Marilyn. Yep, good work. We're real proud of you. And you write them back and ask them. You might want to ask, since you're giving me my license back, don't you have to be, what, a citizen of the United States or a resident to get that? Mm -hmm. Or both? Uh. Well, I want to I make it abundantly clear that even though you're giving me back a license that I'm not required to have, that this does not impinge on my political status as evidenced by the affidavit of citizenship evidence now in possession of the Secretary of State of the United States. And, and just anything that you can help to create a vacuum to where these people are going to be saying, we, we need to learn about this. Right, yeah. I wonder if they confirmed okay. her as a private citizen, like, you know, how AG here in California yep. Um, yep. confirmed well, it. In, well, in essence, they did, but they're still wanting to give her a license back, which she doesn't need. Right, yeah. Okay, now there were a couple right, people exactly. trying to say something. All right, who was trying to say something right there? Male. Okay, sorry, that's me. Um, if if the uh, if you really want to see how badly shaken these people are, uh, I don't know what if, if the woman who uh, went through this CCW thing. Did, do you happen by chance have a Gmail address? Have theirs or mine? Are you talking about my um, address? Your, yeah, your email address. Do you use yes. Gmail? The Gmail. Yes. Okay. There, okay. There is a program called MailTrack.io. Okay. MailTrack. Io. It's a free service. You open up your Gmail account in uh, in um, uh, oh come on. You got to open it up in the. What am I going brain dead here? Um, you're getting you're in getting the Chrome old. browser. Okay, Chrome browser. Yeah, I know, I know. You open up your Gmail in Chrome browser. You add the MailTrack.io to your Gmail. When you send, and then you, when you send the email to these uh, public officials, it will come back and tell you when they opened it and how many times they opened it. Now, I've, used, I've been using this for a couple of years, and when I send demand letters for different things to people, uh, it's almost that you can feel the panic in them when they open your email 27 times in the first five minutes. <laughs> uh, that's wow. awesome. Well, uh, let me tell yeah. you what. I guarantee you, you caused a little talk around the coffee table at the police station. Absolutely. Maryland. And that, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Why I did did really this. good. I, I didn't, I didn't want to just – I knew I don't have to carry – I have a license to carry in Kentucky. But I, I felt that by doing this, 
I would be able to, you know, prove a point. And the thing is, is they came back with the, both of those letters said that I couldn't have guns, ammo, anything. So they didn't right. really understand. So I thought I better make sure they understand because I don't want them coming to my door in the middle of the night. Right. Well, you could tell they didn't understand in the first letter when they said you've expatriated, you're not no longer a citizen of the United States. You can see yeah. their ignorance right there. Yeah. So now I'm covered, so, I feel, because now yeah. they know who I am and they're sending it back to me. So I feel That's, like not uh, only did I um, protect myself, but I'm also opening it up to Protecting a lot of others. Well, and you're opening well, you're up the education door to these people going, what the hell's going on here? We thought she was not a citizen. What's this national thing? Then they start looking into it. Why is it called a national? Why isn't it called a state citizen? Why is it hidden like this? Those are the doors you're opening up to somebody up there if they'll pay attention. Roger. And. Yeah. But one the more, way one that more the, warning about using the mail track is when you okay, use that mail track. Hold on a second. You, okay, ahead, oh, when you use that mail track, it's a free service. It doesn't cost you anything. You must use it in Chrome. And But there's a when you use the free version, down in the body where you type your email, there's a little, there's a little notice that says track by mail track. You must delete that. There's a little X there. You delete it, and it doesn't, uh, and it'll get rid of it because I don't like them to know that I'm tracking them, and I just love to see the panic. I mean, I've had emails opened over 250 times uh, in a matter of two days. Yeah, oh, Yikes. I know, and it's just like I, I sit there and scratch my head. What did they do? And they, they opened it up, and they go, oh, crap, we're being sued. Quick, close it. Okay, open hot it up. Potato, oh, hot potato, hot <laughs> potato. Yeah. yeah, now, the uh, other part I, I wanted to I, tell her is that this issue about I know you know you probably know about that Missouri poli uh, state police report. Uh, don't let them even think that you're one of these sovereign citizen folks that oh, yeah. are running no, 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 around no. because no, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah. very important that you don't be confused uh, with those. If anybody ever, if anybody ever confront uh, this for the whole audience, if anybody ever confronts you with that, you deny it vehemently. No, 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 no. Yeah. What? Or you could you could ask them. What? What's your definition of a sovereign citizen? That might be an opening first question too. But you deny it. I'm a national. Okay. Do do not let them paint you with that label right there. It's intentionally set up by the uh, sodomy pedophile larceny center to counter and be a straw man to this. Okay. Now a couple other people were. I was just going to say, Marilyn. I think. This experience, which came pretty out of left field to you, has really put you in a spotlight, made you concentrate on the information. You went up against them. You won. Now go back and say, if you'd like to know more about this, we're, we're available to teach you because pe people in the country need to know the damn fraud we're under. Okay? Yeah. Just make the offer. All right? But Maryland's become a little warrior all of a sudden, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, if you I'm need any more instruction or help on using that mail track, just email me, Tom at republicbroadcast.org. I'll be happy to help you because, you know, it's a shame you didn't have it when you first emailed because God knows what panic was in their eyes when they saw your letter. And I, I'd love for you to use that before you send your next response uh, and then see the results. Yeah. I'm going to okay. start so, using it. 
Good work. Uh, good work, Marilyn. We're real proud of you. Yeah, Mar. I, I just want to add, before we get too far away from it, how important it was what Roger was saying. It's not constitutional rights, constitutionally protected, God-given rights. And we need to push that. We sure do. That's the differentiation between these two. One of them's got man rights. The other's got God-given rights. There's your real rubber meets the road right there. That's the reason everything is unfolded so positively for Maryland is finally they became aware of that. So good and work. How really, yeah, I'm just real yeah. proud of you, Marilyn, from the, the little lady that called in a month or so ago. I got this letter and my license yanked. <laughs> the license that I don't even need now. Yeah. Comment. Yes, Paul. Um, I'm, I'm just going to buttress here. Um, third time is a charm. I'm reaffirming what Roger said and what Merce said. It's not constitutional rights. It's constitutionally protected, God-given rights. And don't forget yeah. the last three words. Keep them yeah, on there. Important. Constitutionally protected, God-given rights. Don't proceed because, under the presumption that they're going to understand what they are. Because they don't. I mean, everybody uses that, even our foremost attorneys. Hell, I've heard Barnes use it, for God's sakes. You know? There's even big so confusion great. on the Fifth Amendment, uh, Roger, where people say, um, you know, they're going to take their Fifth Amendment um, protection. What do they call? It? What do they call it? No, they don't call it that. In court, you know, they'll say, um, "My, my, I'm going to stand on my Fifth Amendment." But the problem is, is they they say, um, "God, I'm, I'm brain dead today. I don't know why." What is it when they're in court? You know, when somebody says, "I'm going to take the Fifth, and what's the whole? They say, "I'm take my Fifth Amendment." Um, oh, the right. Uh, see, the, the really to remain silent. The no, the right to remain. Yeah, I think you're looking yeah. for the right to remain right. silent. Yeah, right. Well, that's not what the that's not what the the amendment actually says. It says you not be compelled. You're not going to be compelled to be a witness against yourself. Against yourself. And, correct. You know, if you say, um, you know, I, oh, I don't want to incriminate myself is what they say. You know, my Fifth Amendment yes. uh, right not to incriminate myself. And then the judge will say, well, I'll tell you what, you come back here, you tell me what it is, and I'll tell you whether it's going to incriminate yourself. But when you use the amendment correctly and you say, um, I have, I'm the, cannot be compelled to be a witness against myself, it just, that just cuts them off at the knees. And um, yeah, we see well, too much of this crap on TV. There's, so. Well, there's also three other ways to get out of that. You know what they are, Tom? You hear That's these people the use it all the time. said the brain's not working. I don't know, I don't recall, and I don't remember. Well, it was one of those oh, hearings up there. The, uh, political the, response. The Clinton. Yeah, well, they had some of those folk, the Clinton folks, I think, was up in one of those hearings. They used that 250-something times. I don't know. I don't. I can't recall, and I don't remember. Hey, Rob. Uh, yes, Mike. Uh, what's that phrase they love to use? It's something about necessity. In other words, you have to use a system because it's necessity. What's the term? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, necessity is the mother of invention. Is the only thing that comes to mind. No, mind. It's, it's the law it's like of necessity. System. What is it now, Paul? The huh? law of necessity. Okay, yeah, that's why I think, talk about the gun permit. She yeah. says, uh, "Put put that in there because it'll know what you got to have got that a, to get ammo." I got a law of necessity for them. 
Every one of them son of a bitches need to hang. That's a law of necessity right there. They've already convicted uh, themselves. They can't address the damn affidavit. They convict man. themselves. Do you realize that? Yeah, Joe. My understanding Joe. from my prior studies over the last 40 years that it's the rule of necessity, not the law, because there is no written yeah. law. rule. It's, it's an right. understanding. Right. So it's probably rule good thinking, Joe. The rule of necessity. Thank you. Right. See, words mean things. Yep, somebody's trying to say something there. Who was it? Oh, it's me interrupting. Sorry. Yeah, oh, it's Jeff. Thing. Well, you know, Jeff, I hadn't heard from you in so damn long. I forgot what your voice sounds like. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. I just been referring to it as the doctrine of necessity. And it's not a law. Yeah, 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 the rule, doctrine, any of those things will work. But uh, good for Maryland. Another for those of you who might be listening in here who are doubtful about this, dubious, apprehensive, any of those adjectives. I think Maryland's experience is the proof in the pudding, folks. But you got to be able to stand up and defend yourself. You got to go blow to blow with them till they see the light. You know, it's like uh, remember the Mike Tyson quote, Jeff. Everybody's got a plan till they get hit in the mouth. That's right. Right. Hey, Roger. So, uh, those people. Yes. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Al from uh, Northern Indiana. Hello, Al. Yeah. Uh, I had a uh, probably ten years ago. I bought a van, and I paid cash for it, and I got the MSO for it. Uh, okay, that's and unusual. Then I, I from the dealer? Oh, the man, uh, Al, was it new? Was it new, or did you buy it from another uh, individual? New. And they gave you the MSO when you paid cash for it. Yeah, because when I went to sign, when I went to close the uh, uh, the deal, they handed me a paper and said, uh, "You have to sign this, and we'll send the paperwork to the state." And I, the upper right hand corner, it said we're not responsible for you signing this paper. And I says, well, what is this? You know? And she says, well, here, take the MSO and you send it to the state. I never did. Ah, interesting. Usually they won't give it to you unless you're exporting yep. the car. So that's a good little turn. So uh, what has happened since with this vehicle? On, on the back of the MSO, it said, who is the owner of the vehicle, of the property? And I wrote my name on it and address. And then I I uh, I ran a legal notice in the paper for uh, I think three or four weeks in Indiana uh, that does anybody make a claim to my property? I put the uh, my address on it as property A, and then I put the uh, VIN number of the van on the uh, as pro as property B, and nobody ever claimed it that they owned it or had any jurisdiction to it. So I took okay. the ad. Uh, with the so hold on, Al. Al, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to use this as a teaching moment. What did Al do right there? He fulfilled due process. He fulfilled due process. He put out a notice. Nobody objected. Conclusions solid. Yep. Boom. Okay, go ahead, Al. Okay, so then I took the ad from the newspaper 
and it uh, that it ran for so many weeks and with the MSO and I recorded it with the county. Good. You did your you did good work here, son. Then uh, uh, I'm wondering I wasn't a national at the time. Should I redo it? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Nobody's going to question you. You know, here's my feeling on this, folks, and you're starting to see, especially the newer people, as you lift up the edge of the carpet here, these people are scared as hell of this. They're either ignorant of it like Maryland's bunch or they're scared as hell of it. They can't come after you because then you've got all these defenses like your affidavit in the possession of the secretary, which bypasses their rules of evidence. All they risk doing is getting this into some sort of a format and a spotlight where other people can see it and start asking questions. They're scared to death of this, folks. Had, had another question. Uh, okay. My van was taken probably over two years ago uh, for about uh, a month, and I had to pay. I actually went to court on a, a ticket uh, for no registration. And I went into court and uh, put in my defense, and the judge found me not guilty on the ticket. Yeah. So I was wondering, how long do I have to sue the tow truck driver for taking my property? I have no idea that you're going to have to consult somebody in Indiana. The state laws may be different, but uh sounds like you got a cause of action to me. Al, how long have you been with us? Are you new? You and I spoke maybe once before, or is this the first time? No, I've been years. I, I registered as a national a year ago. Okay, good Question. deal. Well, we're glad to have you. That's a very interesting story, and uh, you did really good work there, not really having direction. So whatever you'd been studying and however you pursued that, you did real good. Yeah, Paul? Um, Al, what did it cost you to get the van back? Did they just release it? No, uh, about $4,000. Okay. Ooh, that sounds like a then, good lawsuit to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Go after them. Um, yeah, well, see, the tow truck driver was only operating under the uh, the orders of the police officer. Of the tow, so what, the tow truck. So what you're yeah, that's our uh, agency, baby. You can go after them for agency. Well, yeah, you I, go I, after when, the police when, officer when the, also. Yeah, when the officer stopped me... Uh, he was screaming at me, uh, give me your driver's license. And I said, I'm not traveling. I'm, I'm, I'm not driving. I'm traveling from point A to point B, I told him. He kept saying, give me your license. Give me your license. And uh, so I handed him my fee schedule first. And then I says, well, I got my license in my wallet, and I'm not using it, and you still want it. Yeah. So I gave him the license, and that's when he went back to the car. And uh, did a background check, wrote out the ticket. But he put in his police report my fee schedule. <laughs> good. Well, good. It's in and, their possession. They shouldn't squirm too much when you go suing their asses. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Sue the cop. All right, I'll have to, Sue the cop I'll and the towing to company. 
Did uh, when you got stopped and it taken away, Al? Did you, you you hadn't gone through our process yet? You didn't have a passport card. No. Okay. Well, that's what you would have handed them if you would have had one. But uh, listen, you did good work. It sounds like you got a nice little cause of action and uh, might uh, help you keep up with inflation a little bit up there in northern Indiana. Right, right. All right, I'll have to go through that. Okay, good, man. Well, I, you know, lawsuits and all that stuff isn't our specialty around here, but uh, I can certainly put you in touch with our paralegal, Mark, and I'll bet he uh, could help you. Uh, Yeah, all right. Roger. Well, hold on. Let's just finish up with that. Well, send me an email to my email address. Do you have that, Al? Yeah. Well, Z A. Z eight zero Allen at Yahoo dot com. That's not my address. I wonder if he uh, can handle no, it. No, no, not your, no, no. Hold on, hold on. You're giving me yours. I want you to send yeah. one to me, okay? And I'll forward okay. it to Mark, and he can contact you. So do you know my email address. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If it's on well, the send website. Me say, yep. Say Allen, Indiana, in the subject line. I'll forward it to Mark. Okay. Roger. Okay. I yes. All right. Now hold on, Mark. Go. Go ahead. I wonder if he can handle things administratively, like Alan and Bruce always mention and um, talk about. That's what we're trying to learn, no, so that way he doesn't have to go into court. Well, he's 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 the plaintiff here, not the defendant. Right. It, but it could be handled well, administratively I'd, the way I'd, uh, we've I don't been know. talking about. I don't know if they're going to cut him a check for whatever he's asking for. If it's an administrative process, you can try that, Al. I just don't know the answer to the question, quite frankly. Well, I would imagine. You're going to have to... Is that the process that's on uh, Doc's? Uh, uh... Well, that's dealing with uh, an administrative situation, and this doesn't sound like an administrative situation. They've already done their administrative stuff. It sounds like you got a lawsuit, and it sounds like with uh, your basis that they may even settle for it ever even went to court. Depends on how much you want, how much you're asking for, and all that. But I'm sure they don't want all this stuff raised. Okay? So proceed, however. My fee schedule stated uh, you take my property, it's 10% of the uh, value per day, and uh, the value of the vehicle at the time was $16,000. Okay. How long did they have it? A couple of months? Yeah. Yep. Well, that ought to be a nice little pile of change there. Well, pursue it, noodle on it, but it sounds like you got a pretty solid case to me if the judge threw it out, especially. Hey, Roger. Now, all right, hold on. There's another female. Hold on, Joe. There's another female trying to get in there a minute ago. Who who was it? This is Annette. So um, if Joe had – can you hear me? Yes, we're here, sweetie. Okay, Joe may have to have to speak first. I would like to readdress um, Maryland's situation, but go ahead and let Joe go because I'm thinking he's related to what's currently being talked about. Okay, I'll come back ahead, on. Joe. All right. Well, I was gonna I was gonna suggest maybe doing arbitration with the uh, tow truck companies. That way, you keep it out of the courtroom, but you could still hold a court, you know, against the uh, tow company. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. well, the cop sounds like he's liable here, too, for his actions. Right. And if you, yeah, I'm, the way I see it is that if you were to do arbitration rather than bring him to court, you have a little bit more control over the situation since right. you can actually get somebody like a third party mediator who's not, you know, hired by the state who's going to protect, you know, his fellow state employees. Okay. How well, I, I don't know how to tell you to, uh, I, I, I just don't know. Uh, why don't you see if, why don't you see if you can find can a get, local attorney? Let me just finish. If you find a local attorney you could consult with on this might be okay. a, a good approach, okay? If you can find one that's yeah. honest and you like and kind of understands, open-minded, all that kind of stuff, okay? And also, There's you can also brainstorm with us, Roger, um, Bruce and Alan, and um, there's a few people here that understand how to do it with common laws, so we can help him brainstorm on that, just like Joe. Okay. Okay. Well, there's resources. There's resources here for you, Al. So, you know, if you want to hang around after the show, that's when a lot of that stuff is discussed and some of those people are on. Send me an email. I'll put you in touch with Mark and noodle on it, do a little investigative work and find out which one you feel most comfortable proceeding with, okay? Yeah, could you send me, I'll, I'll ask for Joe Lestico's website also. Okay, well, I can give you that right now. Just go to rumble.com, front, rumble.com, front slash Joe Lestica, spelled just like it sounds, no space. All right, now, that's his website? Okay. Well, he's got a Rumble channel over there with a bunch of videos on it. Yeah, but I want. I don't I know know if you, want to do a donate. Joe, do you have a website? Joe, do I you, mean, well, I'm sure Joe. You want to come take a Telegram. guitar lesson? Okay. Yeah, I don't have uh, a. Uh, I don't have a website for this stuff per se, but I do have my guitar education website. So, uh, that's about it. I, you know, there's not really much on there in regards to this stuff. Well, I wanted to donate some money to you. How could I do that? Well, Joe? Uh, well, I mean, Cash App or you know, Venmo, that would be very uh, very. Yeah, cool. I don't have that. I could send you a money order or a check. Okay, I'll tell you what sure. I'll do when you send me that email. Al, I'll yeah. put you in touch with Mark and Joe, okay? You two can work it out, yeah. all right? Thank you. Yes. That's a very nice gesture. That's a nice gesture. And Joe is, you know, my emphasis on us being a team. And Joe has come in and done a yeoman's work here, uh, stuff I, yeah. I wouldn't, couldn't do. And everybody brings a unique set of talents and skills to the table here. And if we work together, we can avail our, ourselves, all of them, to those things and become stronger. So that's my feelings. been trying to do that since we started this. We okay, Annette. Thank you, Al. Roger. Yeah, we have, yeah we have to, and it's discussions like this today, and Marilyn's experience, and Al doing this, and some of that that we're uh, making progress on. Okay, so good work, Al, and thanks for uh, putting us in the loop. Annette, what's your deal with Marilyn's situation? So, um, thank you, Marka, for suggesting reading the affidavit because this is pertaining to that. Are you able to hear me? You're welcome. Yes. 
Okay. What did she so, say? Uh, what did she say, Annette? What did she suggest you read? You read? Merca suggested Marilyn read the affidavit, and that was, that spurred that kind of oh. brought oh. something okay. question. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, so when we wrote out our affidavit. You know, it's saying that um, I, I, I choose to be a national and not a citizen of the United States. Now, basically. on her affidavit, oh, go ahead. No, I just said basically that's right. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Now, on her, her affidavit, she had three things that, that she didn't give up her citizenship. So if she can expound and then you can expound that if she could come back on, that'd be awesome. Because I would have never thought to put that in the affidavit is why I'm wanting clarification. And I well, yield. we had a converse. Well, when this first came up, Marilyn's been with us a couple of times on this. And in the original letter, they said, you've expatriated. Well, that's a very, very detailed, lengthy, expensive process through the State Department. You just don't do it. You know, I'm I'm out of here, because they won't let you expatriate unless you have your other country that you're expatriating to. You got to have their passport already before they'll do it for you. So it's a very. It used to be you could go and call the embassy. There's a certain person at each embassy that does it, probably in D.C. too, a department, and you got to contact them. You used to could contact them in the morning and do it in the afternoon. Now it's going to take you four to six months and cost you upwards of five grand. Okay? So that is the formal expatriation process. And we have people get confused that what we're doing is expatriating, and we're not. We're repatriating to the original status they've hidden from us. They don't want us to access. Can we reread it? I, I Marilyn, can are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. <clears throat> I just wanted to make a statement on this. I don't know how new, Annette, you are to this, but my original affidavit when I, that I sent to all these different entities, it didn't have all of that stuff in it. This specifically, when the police officer said, just write a statement and have it you know, signed or have it um, notarized, and send it. I said, so you want an affidavit specifically on this issue? And he said, yeah, yeah, do an affidavit. And But that's the thing. I didn't even understand a year ago um, what an affidavit really was. I mean, I'm learning all this right. stuff that it's specific to, like somebody who said back when, if you get in a car accident, write an affidavit out that day and write down everything that happened that day and, and have it notarized. And then that's your statement because a month later you'll forget half of what happened. So basically, this affidavit was specific to this problem. It wasn't my right. original one that I wrote to do my um, change that you, of my that, you, that, that you'd already sent them that triggered this whole thing. Yeah, right. But do you want I'm, me to read it again? Or? Yeah. Can I can I say something? I'm trying to get. I'm trying to understand the fine fine detail of between citizen within a national and a a citizen of the United States. Okay, I yield. Okay, well, it's pretty simple. It's very, very, that's a very simple question. 
A citizen of the United States is a federal citizenship. It came about by the 14th Amendment mainly, mainly for former black slaves. The other one, the national status, is not a citizen of the United States. It is a citizen of the United States of America. How's that for confusion and fine lines? Okay. And it's the one with God-given rights that our original uh, country had for 90 years until the Civil War and this new one which they very, uh, with a lot of treachery, trickery, and deception, tricked us all into volunteering into. Does that help you? Uh, Yes. Uh, Can I hear hear her read it one more time, please? I yield. Yes, go go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, Notice atop the heading I put affidavit declaring my political status. And the word political threw me off until I realized it's the way the term is used. That right there is showing the two different um, types of citizens, I guess you'd say, of the United States. The, yep. the U.S. Um, citizen and the national. So anyway, that's what I wrote at the top was affidavit declaring yep. my political status. And then I put, um, I, Marilyn Lee Hudson, declare the following. My letter to the KSP on September 14, 2023 was misinterpreted to say that I gave up my U.S. citizenship. The intent was to change my political status of my citizenship from being under the 14th Amendment. And then this is the part where you said I should change a little bit, but what I wrote was, which protects my civil rights to national status, which protects my constitutionally protected, God-given rights, guaranteed (laughs) under the rights. So that's it. Right. And then, um, right. then I wrote, I did not expatriate or in any way lose my citizenship, requiring a lengthy legal process carried out in person. There are only three ways to lose your lose or give up your U.S. citizenship. They are, one, expatriate, two, go before the State Department in person signing an affidavit, or three, participate in a foreign election or join a foreign army. And then I have done none of these things which would relinquish my U.S. citizenship. As proof of that, I was recently issued a U.S. passport August 30th, 2023. It took me a year to get my passport because of different things that I, you know, had to send in this and that. But, yeah, I I applied for that a year ago and finally got it August um, in 2023, right before Mm -hmm. they sent this in the police department. Great, great timing, because that's the icing on the cake of your letter, is them issuing a passport in this status. Yeah. But thank you now, so much I, for re- rereading that. Okay. Okay, Annette, I want to come back to you here now. Are, are You have confusion between these two statuses, and I understand how people do, okay? But it's really simple. Okay, for the first 90 years, there was one status. You were not a citizen of the United States of America unless you were a state citizen. The federal people had no political status, if you really think about it, for those first 90 years, because the government, the states got together. They couldn't all have ambassadors to London and their own navies and all this stuff, even though they were considered to be original countries. So they pooled together and gave us a group covering of those things that they didn't couldn't do individually. And that was all handled by D.C., 
but there was no political status in D.C. Those people were stateless. If they were born and raised in D.C. in the territories, they weren't a state citizen. I guess they could naturalize into it, but they were, in essence, stateless for those first 90 years. Then we get the 14th Amendment. Now you got a federal political status and an operation going, and that's what they've tricked us all into. So, uh, and then they've taken the old state citizen, which is replete in all the old uh, legal cases. If you look through them, that's what they called it. That's what it was. That's what everybody understood it to be, and they changed it to national to hide it. Okay. So is all, is all that clear to you, or are you still confused on that? Oh, no, no, no. Um, it was just the finer points of, uh, I didn't catch the, uh, uh, the word okay. that starts with a P. Uh, uh, not P, Projection. Uh, status. I didn't catch the political status. I was right. heard, you know, so I'll have to, I'll have to re-listen to it and soak it in, but I, I, I understand. I, I, I'm good. Okay, you could call it citizenship. I just prefer to use political status. It seems to be a little bit more accurate to me. Now, there was one other thing you said in there that I don't think applies, Marilyn, and that's voting in a foreign election. And the reason we know that, if you go join another army, that's definitely cause for them to uh, 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 expatriate you. But the case in 1966 that Allen brought us, Afrahim v. Rusk, that was the problem in that case. Afrahim, we've talked about it on here. I don't know if you have been around when we spoke about it. Alan found this. This is a great, another great example of the teamwork that we've got here is all you guys going off and looking deeper into this. And Alan comes back with this gem. Okay. Afrahim V-U-S. A-F-R-O-Y-I-M, I believe is the way that's spelled. It was in the mid sixties. And Afrahim was a Hungarian Jew who had naturalized, immigrated and naturalized, so he had gotten federal rights, right? That's what you naturalize through the federal government, not through the states now. So he naturalized, he, and they caught him voting in an Israeli election. And they went to take away his citizenship. There was a previous Supreme Court case that endorsed that action and position. He challenged it. And they came back and said, no, you can't take his rights away. So Marilyn and Annette, why couldn't they take Afrahim's rights away when he had clearly violated one of the principles? Because he was a national. Because he I have to leave it for Marilyn. Because he still was a national? No, he was never a national. He was He's naturalized. Oh. Why couldn't they take Afrahim's rights away when he had clearly violated this tenant of voting in a foreign election? Because it wasn't it's not for them to take it away. They can't take his rights away. This goes back to our basic concept here, folks. Everything has to be violent. Because everything's got to be voluntary. They couldn't take them away. He has to give them away. Like we sign all of our papers when you check the box, are you a U.S. citizen? And Ex- not exactly. Really- 
All yeah. you've done is confirmed your status. Every time they ask you that, every time you've answered, they're going, hey, are you still a serf that gives us consent to govern you? And you say yes and sign something. It's just further you know, brings, affirmation. That brings up something to me because I've been thinking about that. You know, there's a lot of things that we sign, not a lot, but, you know, we go along and through our lives we have to sign something where we check the box U.S. citizen. And if you say, no, you're not, what do you do from that point on if they say, well, then well, you're not a U.S. citizen, then what? You know, I've thought about that as I came to understand this, and I've thought about that when I was in that position years ago. And if you don't know this stuff and they ask you these questions, aren't you scared to say no? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know what would, I don't think anything would happen. Now, what you in those instances now that we know this, you may want to include an affidavit with whatever you're signing there. But I remember I was always kind of scared to say no. You kind of say yes out of intimidation, don't you? Yes. Okay. So free yourself from all that crap. What you are is your decision, not theirs. And it, it's uh, our national status is superior to the U.S. citizen and the legal resident. So that's one thing to keep in mind. And our yeah, affidavit... and I'll tell you what else. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say um, the other thing it evidences, it should evidence to everybody, is that you once you've got that affidavit on file, you can't come in and negate it with any of these things. It can't override that master right. affidavit with the Secretary of State. It rules. Right. Um, I was going to explain that the affidavit, if pro properly executed, is law. Yep. So unless someone rebuts it, then, for, you know, that's... Well, Let's address this. Annette and, and Marilyn both made the same comment, I think, I think, about the affidavit. An affidavit properly drawn up, properly uh, 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 notarized and presented to proper authority, executed, is court testimony. When you do an affidavit, it's court testimony. And the only way they can overcome it is to rebut any of your facts in their own affidavit and sign it under penalty of perjury, rebutting yours. They can't do what Mike's little little magistrate down there thinks that she's the queen of Sheba. Now, oh, we're not recognizing this. Sorry. You can't do that, lady. Sorry. I Roger, we really... Yep. We really need to get strong on common law, um, how we live, how we use it as defense. You know, we're kind of stuck in uh, thinking that we need to use the legal, but we don't. We need to stay out of that. True. We That's need to well, learn the how better to use the common uh, law. Unless you got a, well, if you, you know, the big difference here, uh, Murka, is whether you're, as I had some teacher one time, whether you're a plaintiff or whether you're the defendant. That's right. the difference. Okay, yeah. and guess right. what? If you're the plaintiff, guess what comes with being a plaintiff? The burden of proof. If you're right. bringing an action, you've got the burden of proof. Can I get something in here? You better do it quick. Okay. Uh, interestingly enough, Abe Fortas was on the the uh, court and the affirming, um, you know, uh, letting it go Ephraim. through. Yeah, for Ephraim. And he's also 
face it. He's a Jew. To the attack on, on the USS Liberty that I'm talking about again on Sunday. Did two hours last Sunday. So you need to hear this. He's the main architect. Planned this from this country long before it happened. Fortis planned the USS Liberty attack? Yep. Abe Fortis. Yep. Yeah, he was a Jew. Another one of them damn Jews they put on the Supreme Court. Well, I was just wondering if it didn't affect that for him. You know, he being a Jew and the Jews on the court. So, you know, might I have, have no some idea. No, what what so. I know, and they didn't say that. They didn't say that in the K. I didn't read it, but I guarantee you they didn't say it. We can't take not. him away because he's got to give him away. Okay, and I don't believe they told Afrahim he could become a national either, Jew, Jew or not. Okay. Yeah. Hold on, you're talking. We can't hardly hear you. Settle down. Talk right in the microphone. What do you got to say? Yeah, the guy was probably a Jesuit. Could be. Could be. Jesuit? <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I yeah, mean, he can uh, be Galatians. Jew, Jesuit, you know? uh, uh, the guy that founded the Jesuits was a Jew. Sure enough. Awesome show tonight. Uh, all right. Today, I mean. Uh, uh, part, go, what, Scotty? He's an okay. awesome oh, show. Let's go. Cover. Awesome show. We covered some. We covered some pretty good ground today, Maryland. Again, congratulations on uh, on your efforts up there that have panned out to be successful for you. You've got the opportunity to pursue them and enlarge them if you choose to take that and help educate some of the other folks up there around you and get some protection, and then start flooding your police department with these affidavits and your sheriff too. Okay. So, uh, anyway, I guess that's the end of Paul. We'll turn that up a little bit. Oh, there we are. I'll know where we are. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow and see what other exciting examples of people's freedom pop up. But it's good to see these results coming in, folks, where we're able to get ground and hold it and to help educate some of our fellow countrymen who are painfully, painfully ignorant on these topics and subjects. And we'll help them if they're helpable. Some people are not teachable, unfortunately. So uh, anyway, Mother Earth's going to swallow us and uh, eventually. And we're going to lay our bodies down. And uh, we will come back tomorrow. See you then. Thank you, Paul. <laughs>